The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Friends. indeed welcome along this is episode 180 of the boys of tech for the week beginning monday the 20th of august 2012 my name is edwin herman and i'm joined by two of our regular panelists first of all brett king welcome to the show hello how are you pretty good did you have a good week had a uh, had a good week had a better weekend yeah i was just gonna say the week is always better than the week isn't it Indeed, especially for me, I went to Biavana. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. You know what? I actually, I have a feeling our other panelists might be interested in this as well. We'll bring them into the uh, into the mix here. Welcome to the show, Ben Sunko. Oh, thanks, Ed. Biavana for you? Uh, no, I don't drink. You don't really? Did I know no. that? Uh, Obviously no. not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you Last- mentioned it to me, and I probably didn't believe it or thought you were joking. Yeah, and I stopped a few years ago, just not really interested. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big drinker, but I went to Biavana. There's lots of different tastings. Different See, I am a drinker, but beers. I'm not interested in beer. <laughs> so we're all different. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, craft beers? Oh, all kinds of beers. Craft beers, regional beers from around the country, beers from across the ditch, homebrew places. There were homebrew competitions. But yeah, tons and tons of boutique beers. Mm. Hundreds of different kinds of beer to drink. Well, you know what? Try. If you're into beers, that is definitely something mm. to attend. I, I tried a whole heap of beers, and then once I got too bittered out, because, you know, eventually beer gets especially if you're mixing them all, starts to get a little bitter on the tongue. So I followed that up, tasting the large selection of ciders they had there as well. Oh, they had ciders <laughs> as well. Yep. Do you know, I remember going out years ago as students, in fact, I think a few times with you, Brent, and we're drinking cider. Mm. Harvest cider, if I remember correctly, on tap. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. All those, yeah, you know what? I don't think I've had cider since, but that's there's no story behind that. It's just I, I haven't had. Well, you know. I had some very good cider, some very, very good cider. I had a traditional English apple cider made from traditional English cider apples. But, so and they're actually special apples that they use for the yeah, cider, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, special apples used for cider. And I had this brilliant berry cider. It was. Absolutely amazing. It was made of apples, blackberries, raspberries, and strawberries. Ooh, that, that I'd it, like to try. It was divine. Well, you know what? Speaking this earlier this week, what I did do is I made a, a berry smoothie. This is, of course, non-alcoholic we're talking about here, so good for the kids. What I did is I bought a bag of frozen berries, mixed berries, right? Throw those into a blender, one to two bananas, depending on how much you want to make, a little bit of yogurt, and top it up with milk and spin her up. And after about, I don't know, 20 seconds, you've got yourself a delicious berry smoothie. So and there you, you go, can, something to try for. Actually, Ben, you you might like that. Since you've yeah, given you up can the freeze the berries as well. So it adds that little bit extra sort of iciness to the Yeah, to well, the these smoothie. ones are frozen. And they, mm. These are, you know, bought frozen and, and put into the blender frozen. 
Mm. And so they do. It does give it a nice icy bite to it. It's, it's uh, really, really good. Did you have any of the um, cherry beer, Brett? Some Creek, some Belgian beer? Uh, no, I didn't have any cherry beer, but I did have a chocolate and orange beer. I had a sip of carrot cake beer. Oh, carrot well, cake beer. Carrot, yeah. carrot beer or carrot cake beer? Carrot cake beer. How does That's... that work? I don't know, but it tasted like carrot cake. <laughs> that That's right? weird. Uh, That's very I had random. A, I, I, I had a taste of a Wellington craft beer. It's called oh, Gunner Matter. Uh, it's by Yeasty Boys. Yeasty and, Boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, some of the names are just hilarious. But there's a book when you go to Beer Vine. You get a book, and it describes all the different kinds of beers that are on offer. Okay? And obviously the descriptions are made up by the 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 people who make the beer. And so they, it's like, what does it smell like? What it like? And, okay. <laughs> the part for Gunner Matter, uh, it smells kind of Earl Grey-ish and it, it has a very good Earl Grey smell. It tastes well, you, really nice. I think I'd like that because I like Earl Grey tea. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You would probably like this beer. However, the, the taste in the booklet, the taste description was gumming granny. Mm, okay. I don't even know what that means. I know. It's hilarious. I don't quite know Some what it is. Some of were just really hilarious as well, but um, interesting. Uh, I taste one which I tasted one beer, which I'm not going to mention who makes it or the or the, the brand, because I thought it tasted like burning rubber. <laughs> I thought it smelled like burning rubber as well. So don't buy that beer. <laughs> yeah, don't buy that one. Unless you want to drink burning rubber. <laughs> Unless yeah. you want to drink burning rubber, yeah, yeah. What else? There was uh, an, a, 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 an incredibly local boutique brewery who had some stuff there, which was incredibly good. They do a cable car, uh, what's it called? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. can't remember the name of the beer, but the colour of it is described as cable car red, and it, it's right. really bright red beer and yeah it's made in Arrow Street <laughs> oh, oh is that in the old service um, station, service station? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard an yeah, interview of this guys yeah yeah uh, they, ha- they had a stand at Beervana and they had some really nice beers uh, several of their beers sold out really quick like their carrot cake one I even forgot to try their carrot cake beer because they do one as well theirs sold out really quickly so carrot cake beer is, is kind of a thing right it, it's- yeah I guess it must two be brewer, it's, brewers it's, are doing it. I mean, it's it's obviously not just a one-off random thing that you get lots of chocolate beers. There was a pumpkin beer, there was a watermelon beer, but apparently that wasn't quite so nice. Oh, was I was just sour. thinking that that sounded like me. Sound from all accounts, it was incredibly sour. Okay, right. Uh, but I had a wonderful time, and there were tons of things to eat as well. Oh, so many good things to eat. There was a roast beef with Yorkshire pudding and mustard and horseradish sauce with sautéed onions. But instead of Yorkshire puddings being like Yorkshire puddings, they'd taken Yorkshire pudding mix and they'd made these kind of flat pancakes with them, so it became finger food. Oh, okay, so you, that's good. Yeah, your, that's your flat pancake, well Yorkshire yep. pudding, holding the 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 meat and the the, the, the roast. Yeah, yep. stuff that's made it finger food there was brilliant dumplings from the uh, from the dumpling place what are they called dumpling company or something but they had some absolutely amazing dumplings there and I also had a uh, a Philly cheesesteak wrap from 
the general practitioner. They were there doing stuff as well. And just, oh, absolutely brilliant food, absolutely brilliant beer, absolutely brilliant cider, and absolutely brilliant time. Right. So if you're into beers, that is definitely something not to miss. You know what? I, I do know for sure that Alec Doughty would have been in for that. He's into his beers big time. Mm. It was absolutely awesome fun. So what did you do? <laughs> well, I, d- I didn't do a lot. Did you do anything, Ben? Well, no, not really. Just a bit of Diablo 3. Uh, Diablo 3, you're hooked. Yeah, big time. <laughs> 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 it's starting to slow down a little bit now. <laughs> it is super fun, though. Yeah, and I started a different character, so it kind of started up again. <laughs> what did you go this time? Uh, Demon Hunter. Oh, nice. Yeah, they are pretty fun. Mm. Yeah, you get you get to see some very high numbers for them. <laughs> they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty pretty powerful. Eh? Mm. Mm-hmm. You'll quickly see massive damage numbers from them. Yeah, that's that's good fun. <laughs> All right, none of this means a lot to me, so I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll look at some of the stories ahead. A man is sentenced to four years in jail for linking to pirated content. A judge is ruling on a decision that goes in favour of Kim.com. And was Microsoft going to ban apps that contain a certain word in its title? That and more in just a second. But first of all, we're going to start off with the story of Julian Assange, who's currently in the UK. He's wanted there for an extradition hearing. And he's currently holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy. So technically Ecuador he's in Ecuador. A, well, yeah, yeah, Ecuador territory, well, yes. Because yeah. they have granted him For now. asylum. Yeah, yeah. It is, it, it, it's an interesting win philosophically, but as soon as he leaves the embassy, he's back on British soil and he'll just get arrested by the police. But apparently they've got an act that they can enforce that would remove the embassy's um, claim. Oh, yeah, of, yeah. Any, any, yeah. any host government has the ability to revoke or, requ- you know, request entry to or revoke dominion from yeah. an embassy. So even though he's on Ecuadorian soil, he's, he's not you, really... you have to seriously consider doing it for that host government because that is a, a diplomatic disaster. There are political <laughs> implications here. Yeah, there are political ramifications. Well, but possibly also economic as well because if if relationships break down between two countries for whatever reason, they tend to break down in a, you know, and also affect the economy between the two countries. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the interactions, all, all interactions between those countries can become mired in the, the bad faith. Of course, when we think of Ecuador, we think of bananas, don't we? Because that's what they, well, that's what I we think to of find that here. song. What? What song? Oh, you know, that, that it's quite orchestral and it has that strong male voice singing out, Ecuador! <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of any other part to the song other than that one part, okay, okay. which has a, an operatic male voice singing out the, that name, and then it's yeah, it's. it's <laughs> where have you heard this song? It's, I, it's not this one, is it? This, this one here. Oh, 
Yeah. Yes, that's the song. That's the song <laughs> I think of when I hear the word Ecuador. Uh, for those who want to know what that song is, Google Ecuador song. It's the first link that comes up. <laughs> is that what you just did? That's just what I did now, yep. <laughs> isn't, isn't, isn't Google fantastic? That was Google, it folks. Is. That wasn't Bing. That wasn't Bing. <laughs> well, Bing might have done it. Well... Okay, let's, let's put it to the test. Let's do it right now. Here we go. Ultimist might have done it. it well, well, we could test that as well. But I'll tell you what, I'll do Bing right now. Ecuador song. Yeah, it is. It's the first one as well. Bing, <laughs> Bing probably just See, uses Google. So, yeah, well, I wanted that, <laughs> that too. So go in the background and check Google and then adjust its results a little bit. Just enough to be different. You know. I, I think they will have stopped doing that by now. <laughs> They've already had their hands lapsed for having stuff passed through Google stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a wee while ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So back to, back to Julian Assange, though. You know, you're right, Brett. He's currently, if you like, on Ecuadorian soil at, there at the embassy. But the moment he steps out, he's on British soil, so he can't get out of the country. But there is one way he could get out of the country. And that is if they make him... A diplomat. If if they approve him in, in a position of you know diplom uh, like as a diplomat, the vehicles are also uh, you know they can't touch the vehicles, so he can actually yeah. get into a vehicle, go to a to the shore or to a boat, a waiting boat or something, or a helicopter <laughs> for that matter, to to temporarily take him somewhere and as the next hop, and go yeah. from there. So there is that yeah. way. Indeed, if they if they made him a diplomat, he could get out. So uh, if gets, or if so- they smuggled him out in a very large sized diplomatic bag. Yeah, yeah, they might notice that. <laughs> so if he gets sick, all they can do is has, If he gets sick and has to go to a hospital, he's he will get nabbed. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting if he gets sick and has to go to a hospital. I think this. Well, <laughs> I think this whole situation is just. I, I who would have known this would have come to that. It's yeah. I mean, the whole thing is such a. It's so a fast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Eh? I mean, yeah. How many other, you know, air quote sex offenders are getting chased around the world and extradited and. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's exactly exactly, and that's of course why Ecuador and its allies support, you know, the granting of them asylum because they. They believe that it's a bit more than that. It's more than just the extradition on sex offences to Sweden. It's, of course, a way to get him from Sweden then into the US to face yeah. charges about releasing uh, top secret treason. information. Yeah, well, well <laughs> treason's treason, against espionage. Your, well, espionage, yeah, treason's against your own country, isn't it? Well, so it is very farcical, uh, this whole thing, because they believe the real motive there is to take him to the US. And, of course, if, if that happens, then who knows what will happen to him. Yep, I don't think we'll see him again. <laughs> Indeed, he may end up in um, Cuba. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd be a little bit closer to Ecuador in that case. <laughs> he would, he would. But technically then he wouldn't exist because doesn't the US government deny that most people exist that go there? Oh, I don't think that. Well, they certainly don't deny that the fact that they've got that some of the soil there. Yeah, well. Bay. That's, so, <laughs> so the area exists. Anyway, so there you go. That's, of course, uh, Julian Assange, which I'm sure you've heard if you've been following the news stories even loosely. That was big news. Now, onto the surfthechannel.com owner. This is a guy, Anton Vickerman, a Briton. He was sentenced to four years in jail for running a website that didn't actually offer up any uh, pirated material, but instead provided links to pirated material. We're talking here US uh, TV and film content. 
Well, yeah, but it wasn't the primary purpose of that site either. Because if you look at the, the the past for that site, it was a it was a video search engine. So it also offered up content from you know direct people to content from major producers that's, and from that's right. online um, video sites. I mean, Google has Legitimate a video online search engine. Video search. Exactly. In fact, wasn't it, uh, if I read everything correctly, it wasn't it second, rated second only to the Google video search mm, as yeah, a video yeah. search tool? Yeah, I, I don't recall. It, it may have said that. But it, it, look, the thing is, it, it, it was a bit much like, smaller than Google, so it was something that the copyright industry could go after. Yeah, but there's a direct parallel here with the Kim.com story because here the allegations are, you know, although he didn't have any pirated material himself, he knew that his search engine was largely used to find pirated material. He knew that. that well, that's the allegations anyway. Now, he knew what was going on. He knew how it was Wait, being used. So it was second only in usage to Google. And he had to assume that the vast majority of those were for illegal content. So shouldn't you equally assume that Google's video search is primarily used for illegal searches? No, but that's a logical conclusion. You can't, you can't make that. Of course, because he's a single guy who is running something and yeah. Google is a empire. Yeah, exactly. Google can't do anything wrong. Mm. Look, I can, Google I can read, is our master. I, I can read the sarcasm. I can read the sarcasm, but all, I, I but think all I'm it's, saying is, it's well, if if these if the copyright industry could shut down Google, they probably would want to too. <laughs> However, they would shoot themselves in the foot then. So that's why they don't bite that hand too hard. <laughs> Look, I think this is going to be one of these cases, perhaps a little bit like Kim.com, where until mm-hmm. it plays out in court, I mean, well, he's been seen well, this, but he's, he's going that's to appeal. Yeah, but he's going to appeal. He's well, going to appeal, so there's going to be another, another I think hearing. that's the, the difference between it occurring in the UK and it occurring in New Zealand. Our, our, our legal system seems to, to work a little more in the the form of justice than a lot of other countries appears today. Well, it depends how you de- define justice. Whose side are you on? Well, on the side of right. <laughs> the side of somebody's rights not being abused, somebody not being entrapped, somebody not being illegally searched. <laughs> you know, actually, that, that, that... We don't really have those rights anymore. <laughs> well, look, speaking of entrapment, it was... Uh, this, this isn't actually entrapment, but it just... Reminded me about how was it people from the MPAA or people hired by the MPAA uh, went to his house posing as an estate agent, oh, someone yeah. interested in purchasing well, no, two. the property. One went to somebody posing as a a house purchaser to look at the house, and one was a different one which posed as an investor for his website. So that's oh, two right. different that instances the, yeah, okay. of yep. of people from that copyright um, industry posing as other things to try and get information against this person. Because they visited his home and, of course, while they were there, they took photos and got an idea of what his operations perhaps were were like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, so he's now currently facing four years four in jail. Four years in jail, yeah. Yep. I don't quite know how the appeal's going to go, but we'll, we'll have to wait well, and see. Let's hope that he gets a judge who doesn't have what appears to be quite a, such an intense dislike for him. Yes, that's right. The, the, it, the sounded, judge, it sounds like that judge was incredibly anti. 
already had an opinion. It did seem that way. Having said and that, even Brent, though it was a jury trial, you know, the um, the defence, uh, not the defence, the prosecution lawyer was, you know, has been claiming after the fact because of all the stuff that the person's been saying that you've got to remember he was tried by a jury, not just by a judge. But the the message the judge put out to the jury has a huge impact on the jury, especially if they don't understand the law that's being prosecuted. Exactly, especially yeah, but that's, if that's the what the judge is meant to do. He, the ju- a judge, yeah. he or she, is meant to clarify the point of law on which the jury needs to be considering, and yeah. the, the thing and is, also he, he, is meant to not present a bias. Correct, but Brett, here's the thing: if it is illegal to provide links to pirated material, then he should be found guilty. Agree. If it's illegal to provide links, but it depends on how those links are provided. If those links are through automated searches, there's... Yeah, I, I, I see mean, what you're saying. If, I, I think then, then every search engine in existence is illegal. Because they're providing links. The yeah, look, I, I think there's a lot more sides to the story than just that, actually. That's that's what I think. Yeah, I, I yeah, suspect it's, there's it's, a lot more to it. And I, look, Or if, if half the stuff that he himself, and once again, we're going based on stuff that he has put forward as his side, but if even half of it is mildly true, then it brings, uh, you know, a lot of things around that entire case into question. I mean, if we if we go to the Boys of Tech website and we left a comment, and in that comment we had a link to a illegal piece of material, and you didn't notice that that was on there, are you breaking the law? Do you need to be arrested? Well, you know, Ben, that's a very good point, and I think this is this comes back to my comment about there being more sides to the story. Like, and I say that because what if uh, say say it was a link to to a movie, uh, a US movie, and the MPAA contacts me via the Boys of Tech website and says, hey, someone's posted a link in your comment section to a movie. Remove it, please. Now, I'm not saying this happened uh, with uh, Anton Vickerman, but maybe it did. And without knowing the facts, we don't know. It's it's really hard to make a judgment. So initially, yeah. from what you described, Ben, I would have said, no, you wouldn't, I shouldn't be arrested. But if what I described went on as well, and mm-hmm. I said, no, go away, I don't care, not my problem. Well, perhaps there's a little bit of liability on my side because I'm not. Oh yeah, yeah. So, if, you're, if you're blatantly. So ignoring, it really comes down to what the full story is around all that. I mean, you know, you only get so much through the media for a start. So unless you're at the trial and under, and and hearing everything that's going on, it's really really hard to to make a call. Oh yeah, we we don't have we don't have all of the facts. We don't have all of the either. facts. We've though. got the different sides that are stated in the the story, but none of the the facts that underlie them. But. It does sound kind of dodgy to me. Well, it's I'm like, sure on the, you know, with the, the with the dot com. If we take your your example there, Ed, if we, if we go back to the dot com, when that dot com stuff all broke out, it was everything that was reported was so heavily. Oh, dot com's bad. Dot com. Oh, this is bad. Oh, these you know, you know, oh, he's accused of this, so obviously, you know, that's bad, and he's a criminal and all that sort of stuff. But as it's drawn out, and it's only. Because that that group have enough money and they are in a completely different country, being prosecuted by a different country, that the, the case has drawn out long enough for us to start to learn more about the case, like how certain things were not done in the correct legal way. Stuff is stuff's just being done dodgily the entire way through. So... Yeah, and, you know, we, with, we start to edge on that side of okay, you know, 
dot-com admittedly made a lot of money from his sites, but if he was had all of his his ducks in a row, and it's just that his ducks in a row meant that the copyright industry weren't getting what they wanted. Well, I'm pretty sure he gave them the facility to like identify material yeah, yeah. and have the links removed. He, and he they says, didn't use it. He said that, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they didn't use it, so they then used the fact that he had the material on there as a reason to take him down. It's like, I mean, yeah, the whole well, thing's... Yeah, the whole thing smells bad. The thing is, I, I'll say this. I, my, my personal opinion is that neither side is squeaky clean. I think there's some dirt on .com. I think there's also some, well, there's, it's obvious that there are some things that were done dodgily by the prosecution. I, I think both sides have some dirt, if you like. Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's what I personally think. I could be wrong. Well, definitely. That, that's what I think. Uh, everyone's got dirt. But the point being, it's once again, there there is dirt in the fact that there's, there's no way that .com didn't know that there was illegal content stored on his site. Yeah, but, uh, he, he, yeah, he'd be silly not. He, but to know. the point is, he provided the facility for those people whose content it was to have it removed. Well, he claims he does. Yes, he claims oh, yeah. he did that. Also, but having said that, he didn't Brent, proactively he, remove he, that stuff. He, no, no, no. And, and but perhaps, then it's not the onus of those providers to proactively do it because that puts too much agreed, of a financial burden agreed, on them. But, but again, there's more with that as well. Like there's the allegations of emails that show a very telling story about encouraging. Uh, but they yeah. are still all allegations. We have not seen any well, proof well, about these emails. Well, so are the and dot com. So, so are Kim's that, claims. In this latest story that you've got. But, Brett, so are Kim's as, claims about him pro- providing that facility for the MPAA, for example, and RIAA to take down stuff. We, we don't know that for sure. That's what he said. And obviously the, the prosecution is saying a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. You can't just take what, what Kim has said as fact and what the MPAA and RIAA are saying as allegations. I mean, they're all... Well, you obviously never use Mega Upload because if you had, you would have noticed that they they did used to have report buttons. If my memory is correct. The, the yeah, but you know, I don't think he's... No, he wasn't talking about that. I, I think the way I, I have to play the interview back, but what I understood that to be the case is he provided like an API, a way of like what Google does, right? There's some huh? pattern matching and all sorts that goes on. That's what I took it to mean. Okay. I, I don't know if I misinterpreted what he said, but that's what I took it to mean, not just the report this particular link. But I could be wrong on that. In any event, by the way, on the Kim.com uh, case, interestingly enough, a judge has upheld a decision that the US government must reveal the information that it has gathered about .com, which forms the basis of its court case against him. And this is uh, and these emails which we keep hearing bandied about are part of this evidence Correct. which they yeah. have not so they have released. To be, so we may soon find out more. Well, exactly. So they have to be released at least to the uh, uh, the defendants. Yeah, defendants. Yeah. That's right. Whether they go beyond that is, of course, up. To and them. it's quite ridiculous. You know, honestly, it's it's ridiculous that they have withheld this information from the defence team. Yeah, and I, that's how can I think you mount sides, a defense yeah. against a claim against you unless you have information about that claim against you? Yeah, I know you have to. That's be able exactly to, why you don't release it. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Especially in the media, if you can be guilty in the media, it doesn't really matter. Oh yeah, what yeah. Court case does. Uh, that's what I was saying when .dot com first was put up. It was you know, oh, he's guilty. 
He's massively guilty. Everything the media was like, he's, he's a guilty copyright infringer. But as it's gone on and on, it's like, okay, you know, nobody's denying that there was illegal stuff on there. But the way that this whole thing is being shoved through, there's no innocent faces on the, the prosecution side either. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, both sides need need to clean up. I That's my personal opinion. Windows mm. 8, by the way, the Windows 8 store was reportedly going to reject apps that had the word Metro in the title. (laughs) This is obviously some kind of quick ripple-on effect from the whole Metro name fiasco thing currently going on. Well, it definitely was in the agreement, wasn't it? Microsoft removed it later on. Yeah, there are many sites that have reported the fact that they had in their... Information for app certification for the Windows Store was the don't don't use Metro in the name, and now it's just gone to a generic don't use trademark names in your name. But I think it does all stem from the fact that you know what is it Metro A APG ABG Metro oh, some other corporation called Metro is you know currently <laughs> negotiating with Microsoft. Negotiating in finger quotes uh, with Microsoft over trademark and usage of the word Metro. Metro AG. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know why Microsoft worded it like that in the first place, but the the change makes a lot more sense now. Some random person in management told some pleb in web publishing to make this change and didn't give him any words. How did they not bing Metro before like launching that as the name? I mean, how stupid are they? <laughs> well, they probably did, but they thought, oh, there's this company, but they don't do anything like this. So Maybe it didn't fine. return any results. They should have used Google. <laughs> oh, ben, even- <laughs> talk about They probably do. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> they probably do use Google. <laughs> I'd love to know. Bing just goes to Google. <laughs> it just redirects know. there. They just have it resolving there. <laughs> now, the Vatican was hoping to get the dot .catholic generic top-level domain name and Saudi, uh, is it Saudi Arabia? Yeah. Yeah, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia is wanting to block that. They want to, they're putting an objection into that. They say that many other Christians use the term Catholic to refer more broadly to the whole Christian church, regardless of denominational affiliation. They also go on to say that other Christian communions lay claim to the term Catholic, such as the Eastern Orthodox Church and the Oriental Orthodox Church. Therefore, we respectfully request that ICANN not award this. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Do you think? Yeah, totally. That makes no sense to me. Why? Why? I'll tell you why. What if I want to register the name, I don't know, cake or biscuits? Well, Griffins yeah. and Arnott's make biscuits, but does that matter? You t- you yeah. take a look at the what about the domain name Chocolate, for example? What about the domain name Atheist? Yeah, I don't think any of these domain names should exist. Well, that's a, well, that's another well, indeed, argument. Yeah, I thought I think the opening up to vast marketization of the top-level domain was the stupidest thing ICANN ever did. No, I think yeah. it's a great idea. but th- I think it's absolutely stupid. <laughs> but that's another debate. It the, the, completely the, takes away the ability to use guesswork and smart thinking to work out the domain name of a site that you want to go to. Well, it people, basically people forces you to use the search engine. People use Google now to, to Google a URL, have you noticed? It's yeah. a door you can't close, though. 
Yeah, there's there's no, you're just, right. There's you, no, you're right. There's no going there's, back once you've gone. There's there. no need for it. It's just well, well there is because .com it, is no, full. No, there is no need for it. There are so is, many other ones. There are so many other ways to do things there's, that are much better. Like what? There, there are other, there are country the ones, but what if you don't want a country one? Then you get a .com. But .com is so saturated. That's the whole point. I know. And yeah. .com yeah. is also technically America. Well, it was already created new top level. And just like really simple, like .x or .w, and then that's the new top level. Have it controlled by a large international organization like ICANN and let that be it. But at least keep some sort of fence around the garden. Don't just yeah. let, don't but let okay, it look, Can we go back the guts? Because then you get into situations like what they were mentioning in, you know, the um, the – story about the Saudi government rejecting, well, putting through a request that .catholic is not issued. Uh, they had another example in there of .baby and there were several different bidders for the .baby top level domain, one of them being a baby powder maker. But, you know, it, it could be anything <laughs> and it could end up having things which promote objectionable material. Look, you know what? I can totally understand that if someone has a trademark, a registered name or a restricted name, why there could be an objection. But this isn't a trademark. I mean, Catholic isn't a trademark. It's like we're atheists. It's a label. It's a, you know. It, yeah, but it makes... it's, I, I think their reason for objecting to it is the fact that it is giving that label, the control of that label to one body that uses that label. When, but that's, the whole, they, point of, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of opening it up. It's like that label. That's the whole point of opening up that top level. And that is what Ben and I have been saying here is part of the ridiculousness of this opening that door. Because this kind of creates a virtual trademark. Once yeah. you once they've got this, they then use this as the argument to explain why they got it in the first place and why they now own that name exactly. as a trademark. And then it becomes Doc Catholic is is Roman Catholic. Yeah, but listen, if I register chocolate.com, let's forget the top level and just say that you can only register under .com. If I registered chocolate.com, Cadbury and Nestle is not going to claim that I I can't have the domain name and it doesn't necessarily imply that I now or yeah, authoritatively it, have the, the trademark chocolate. That makes no sense. It's just But, it, it's yeah, but how much does it how much does chocolate.com cost you? At a normal rate, like ten dollars a year, twenty dollars a year. Well, it's, we're talking it's about two hundred thousand. It's probably worth a lot because it, it's been taken. Yeah, but I'm sure. say it was just say it wasn't. Yeah, okay, you know, at the beginning, like, 10, 10, 10 bucks a year, sure. Okay, say that you then registered chocolate, the the domain name. You now own chocolate, dot, so you dot own chocolate. All, yep. Yeah, so you own all subdomains, but of course you're going to put an A record on the top level. So when someone types in chocolate into Safari's top bar, which is the only bar in there, do they go to Chocolate, the website, or do they search for chocolate, or what's going on? Like, well, could they go, actually search for it? Go dub, yeah, dub, they, dub, they dub, then chocolate. start to dominate that search place. Yeah, but everyone has a base the, level the domain. Level. Oh, you like, see, yeah, could, yeah, everyone has a you know a base level A record. They're not gonna. Yeah, you're gonna have true. chocolate. You're gonna have dub 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 dot chocolate, but you're gonna have chocolate as well. Yeah, true. Okay, right. well that that opens. So really, there's two. Arguments here, if you like. Well, you don't get there's, that with there's .com. The, there's the issue of whether that should be opened up at all. That's one argument, which isn't yeah. really the the crux of the story, but it, I, I understand this. It's related. But the other argument, and which is the guts of this story, is about the actual 
objections that people can put in. I'll give you another example. The Saudi government is also objecting to dot gay because it will be offensive to societies where homosexuality is, and I quote, contrary to their culture, morality, or religion. And they're objecting to dot pub. They suspect that when Richard Branson goes for dot virgin that they'll object to that as well. They're going to object to a whole heap of stuff. And it makes no sense because it's not, it's not about infringing trademarks. So I understand what you guys are saying. And I, I mean, I don't feel the same well, way because yeah. I think We're it's a good idea to open it up. Of the but you're talking about that the Saudis have put in are a little on the, well, marry up completely with the morals of the Saudi government. But that does not negate the legitimacy of some of their other arguments. Like the, the legitimacy of the fact that there are multiple groups that call themselves Catholic. Therefore, one Catholic institute should not be given control of dot Catholic is a legitimate a legitimate complaint. Other complaints based on the, the morals of that government might in our society seem less legitimate, but it doesn't but make But it's not a particular word, it's just a label. Moral. It's like electrician. Yeah, but would you want one company owning the word electrician on the internet? Well, the domain name dot electrician, I don't see why not. Just as Because just, it means that when you first type electrician into your web browser and it searches for it, that's going to be the first thing that well, comes to well, mind. It may not. If it's doing a search and what's on that website has nothing to do with electricians, if it's something to do with, I don't know, donkey breeding or something, then it's not going to come up very high in the search results unless you're using Bing. <laughs> then you're making unfounded dig at a search engine of which you have no idea if that would actually be true. All right, look, we, we're going we're gonna to have to agree to disagree on the story, but we'll move on. I want to talk about Google Translate, the app, of course, not, not the web version because that hasn't uh, been updated like that yet, but the app for Android, Google Translate, can now read images of text. Cool, huh? Wow. You take, is, take is a photo it, of a road sign and it translates it for you. Is it better than your... <laughs> most OCRs that you get on the web. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of did wonder. I thought, well, this is really because remember when WordLens came out? That was that was huge. It was kind of doing the rounds in the email about this. You know, you hold your your iPhone up to a, a sign, and it in real time not only translates it, but uses a similar font and style and color, so it kind of looks like what it would look like if they'd built the sign in that other language. Yeah, yeah, so it's what a bit it like that. Yeah, it, you held it up and it became sort of augmented reality. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So it's nothing groundbreaking, but I thought it was kind of cool because Google Translate is used quite widely. Yeah, yeah, it, it is quite cool. But. And being sort of, you know, native to Android, it's, you know, it's got lots of uses when people are traveling, you know, grab, grab a photo of that, push a translate button, and there's the sign translated. Mm-hmm. And just hope Very that your camera is capable of getting a good enough picture. Yeah, but it would be a a brick because on Android phones, it's all always good hardware, isn't it? No, <laughs> I'm just testing. I was <laughs> it's not always good hardware. Come on, <laughs> you get Android. It's it's open source. You can put it on whatever you want. Yeah, you can I, put I it was, on a tea bag <laughs> if you could get it to work. Well, I got the bytes. I got the bytes I was looking for. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to be great. <laughs> Now, speaking of Google, the other thing uh, in the news there is that they're going to alter the algorithm to – now, this this will spark some debate, I think – to downgrade websites that persistently breach copyright. 
Now, there's pressure, from, there's pressure from Hollywood on that, of course. But mm-hmm. regardless of that, you know, that, that could be irrelevant. Is it a good move or is it not a good move? Brett, you say it's good. Ben, what do you say? Well, it's a logical move. I think it's in relation to everything else. I'd say the MPAA is, you know, applying more pressure and now they're starting to talk with Google and Google's probably thinking, well, 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 no one knows the algorithm anyway. We'll say we're doing this. They may or may not do it. Um, yeah, it may or may not have any sort of effect whatsoever, even if they do do it. Well, because you, you can, it depends. You can get- Once again, their, their algorithm, doesn't it rate it based? It's, it, it's meant to be how the people actually search and what people actually look at. There's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of factors. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of metrics, but it, it's meant to kind of reflect the pages that people actually visit. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yep. So yeah. if you ask, so, so what you're saying is, downgraded it, something that was had been persistently classed or persistently had copyright infringement thingies posted with Google about it. If the actual usage, you know, people going to that site via Google kept it bolstered up, how would you know? <laughs> so, so Brent, what you're saying is extending the argument. You're saying, if I searched for illegal copy of Bring Me Your Cup by UB40, it should find me that the sites that have the illegal copies, right? Because that's what I'm searching for. Well, actually, it would probably bring you up a whole heap of sites which legally have that thing. Well, that's what it will do. But what, what, what because but a lot of sites that a lot of sites that might have it might also say don't do illegal things. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, all right. But- <laughs> and so the word will still be there, and so it'll still come up. <laughs> okay, but that yeah, but okay, that technicality aside, and you'd have to be really stupid to make a web website which supplied illegal content and made your website have the word "Hey, here's illegal content." <laughs> what you would be looking for is. Uh, Whatever the name of that UB40 song, free. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like free. Well, okay, that's a yeah, better you're example. Not gonna, you're not but let's type, take that I example want an then. illegal copy of this song. So let's say, Enter. take that example then and say. It'll be, I want a free copy of this song. Yeah, exactly. Enter. So free copy of Bring Me Your Cup by UB40. It should take you to, well, you'd think it would take you to sites that do have free downloads, which invariably will be illegal. Or as sites which have free on them. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if iTunes and other sites turned up as well because they quite often will have free songs of the day. Yeah, but I, I think Google, the search engine, understands a bit of context here as well. So I think it, it's not just going to pick up the word free. <laughs> it's not going to pick up the word free somewhere on the site. It's absolutely awesome and, with the context I know. I use Google all the time. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. If another site that has free download now UB40 all in one line or very, very close together, that's going to be rated I a lot higher than, say, iTunes, which might have the word free somewhere for a free song of the day and somewhere else on the page UB40. I mean, that's all, that's the point I'm making. Anyway, the point is, with this this whole story about them changing the algorithm, part of me thinks, well, this is really not good. It could be a slippery slope. As it is, It's I think I'm fine with it. But if it's a slippery slope for, for other things to change, you know, I worry a little bit. But the flip side of me says, at the end of the day, whose search engine is it? It's not ours. It's Google's. They own it. Yeah. They can do whatever oh, yeah, they, they like can do it. whatever they want with it. Yeah. Well, they've got a history of this as well. I mean, they've they've adapted their search engine from China before. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. Perfect example yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, they adapted it, and then China screwed them over, so they pulled it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Great Firewall of China kind of sorts that out, though. All right, now to end the show, there are a couple of uh, late entries that Brett you wanted to uh, talk about. The first of all is from Ars Technica, the top. 10 features removed from Mountain Lion that we missed the most. 
Do you want to take us through them and, and we'll go through and offer our opinion? Well, no, I thought you'd take us through them because you're the, the, the one who uses Macs more than the rest of us. Well, look, I'll be honest with you. I haven't had a lot of exposure to Mountain Lion. Uh, and as I think well, I mentioned... You can on- at least tell us about these features because they're obviously features that you already have access to that you won't have access to <laughs> when you upgrade to Mountain Lion. Okay, well, the first one in the list is non-smooth scrolling. Look, I'll be honest with you. I haven't actually uh, used... I don't really use that feature much at all. But the next one is automatic document locking. So what this is, is after a certain period of time, I think it's one or two weeks, if you open a document that hasn't been touched in that time, this applies for native apps, by the way, like uh, text edit and stuff like that that's built in. (laughs) Although I think developers can take advantage of that feature if they choose to as well. So what it does is if you open such a document that you haven't touched for a while, and you try and make some changes, it'll throw a pop-up at you saying, hang on, do you want to unlock this document and edit it, or do you want to duplicate it, you know, create a duplicate instead and mm-hmm. work on that? And it's it's a kind of it's a nice feature. It's sometimes annoying because I all I want to do is edit the document. But other times it's actually really good. It's like, oh yeah, actually good point. I don't want to touch this. Um I what I actually did want to do is do a copy or or do a save as. Uh, and so this creates a duplicate for you. Mm-hmm. So this feature apparently is no longer in Mountain Line, according to Ars Technica. Uh, will it be missed? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. I'm on the fence on that one. I I don't mind it, but I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't know why you wouldn't leave it as something you turn on or off, like yeah. whether or not it's available. All of this stuff, just put it in a config file and let people turn it on. Well, a lot off. of it is been actually. A lot of this, I don't know about this one specifically, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's a a defaults. What you know, that's the command utility defaults. Just all of these things look like configurations. Like it seems. So, so, so yeah. what I was, yeah, what I was saying before is a lot of this is un, have there are undocumented configs for these. There's a yeah. lot of stuff that's like that. They just don't offer a GUI for it. Kind of like so Linux. People right? start need to get into the shell and start looking at yeah, the config files. Yeah. I've actually done a, quite a few customizations oh, yeah. in the config files myself using the defaults command line utility. Mm. Mm. iChat is now out. Will it be missed? Not by me. That's all I can say on that one. Well, yeah, because you don't. I am. Well, yeah. Well, that's probably, <laughs> that could be the reason. There are okay. other tools, though, there, that there if you needed other, yeah. to. I mean, yeah. that you explain, you know, that you showed tonight. Other tools like oh, you, I am Skype. and um, Skype. Yeah. Skype, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, right. It depends, of course, what we, where your friends are. I mean, if they're on MSN exactly. or because well, the point with it, iChat is iChat was kind of the was kind of the oh, what's the um, Linux equivalent? It's an integrated IM manager. Yeah, it handles a few, not many. Does Google yeah, Talk? It, it handles AOL several. Messenger. Yeah, it handles several different IM services. So kind of like Pigeon. On any of those ones. Pardon? Kind of like Pigeon. Yeah, yeah. So it handles a whole heap, and you could use it to chat on any of those. But it has been removed, and everything is done through iMessage now. Messages, I think it's called. Yeah, messages. messages. Yeah. iMessages. <laughs> number se- number seven on the list is, and and this one I will miss, the GUI to enable and disable web sharing. In other words, turning on or off your local instance of Apache. I'll miss that. I use that a lot. Because I don't have my web server running all the time. I'll do it for development work. So I'll turn it on, turn it off. If I want to restart it, there's a nice GUI for it. I don't mind going in the command line. I do a lot of stuff on the command line, but it's just handy to have in the GUI. So I'll miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why they've taken that off. The Safari search box. Now, this isn't specific to Mountain Lion, 
but it is in the version of Safari that will ship with Mountain Lion. Apple have basically gone the way of Google with their Chrome product where you have a uni bar. So the bar is both your URL bar and your search bar. In, it's the same place. So if you're typing a URL, it detects it's a URL and it will go there. If it can't detect it's a URL, it'll assume you're wanting to search and it'll take you through to Google. Uh, yeah, and I'll be honest with you. Originally, I thought, because I've got this version of Safari here on, on Lion. Mm-hmm. Originally... As I was, you know, just before trying it, I thought, no, that's terrible. That's like mixing URLs with searching. That's like people who go to google.com and type in a URL in there. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's bad. And to be honest, I'm, I'm loving it now. Really? Yeah. Because I think the suggestions that the person's had there is, well, the comments that they've got on there are, are interesting don't you find it annoying that if you start to to search for something all of your all of the search engine suggestions all show up above your history and bookmarks and everything else which generally turns up in the URL bar no i find that more convenient i mean i've done an example now i've got chocolate on my screen well it's not chocolate as such i've got the word <laughs> chocolate i wish i had chocolate on my screen i'd be licking it i i type the word chocolate in the in the search bar now and I'm getting Google search suggestions, I think about half a dozen. Chocolate, chocolate cake recipe, chocolate chip cookie recipe, etc. That's But that's mm-hmm. what I want. Why wouldn't that be useful? Yeah, but say you wanted to search through your history and show you the history that had chocolate in the title or the Yeah, you, or the you found, URL. you already Googled chocolate and you found an awesome website. Okay, so, so you've already been there. So that's in the next tear down. So the first six lines are Google results. The next tear down is that. My answer to your question is, you do that less often. You're, how seriously, guys? How often do you search your history compared compared to Actually, how often you search yeah. on Google? No, I, 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 I rely on history quite a lot to go back yeah. to to ones I like, but not yeah. more than Google, surely. Re- really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't spend that much time on the internet and a lot of the stuff, like especially at work where it's technical things. It's like you know, oh, how do you you know how do you automatically repetition a hard drive to chuck it back into a RAID array? Oh, I just chuck RAID. Um, rebuild into my into my URL bar and it finds the history for me. Yeah, of the, the place that you went to which had that piece of information. Yeah. Uh, so I obviously use it different. I, I would wager that most people use it the way I do, but I could be wrong. I mean, why, why would Apple do this? But having said that, it's really not that hard. I mean, it's got a, a section called Google Search, six lines, next section called Bookmarks and History. And in this case, I've got four lines because I've obviously been to four sites recently with to do with chocolate. One of them is Whitaker's, by the way, whitakers.co.nz. Good chocolate. I mean, so, I like how- a menu bar as well. Like, I like having menu options to choose from as opposed mm. to like one little tiny icon that's uh, it two does, pixels it does. by two pixels in the bottom left-hand corner. Just- yeah, there's a simple, sleek, usable interface and then there is oversimplified interface which just annoys you when you try to actually get a more advanced feature. <laughs> I do I do find those annoying sometimes. Mm. When you're All trying right, to so find an actual an actual function and you've got no damn menu to get it from. <laughs> okay, I still honestly I fail to see what's bad about this, but th- that's just me and of course your mileage may vary. Number mm-hmm. 5 is displays in the menu bar. Now we're talking about monitor displays here. So there used to be for those who don't use Mac, I'll explain it. There used to, well, and there is in Lion still, 
a little icon in the menu bar if you have multiple monitors. And it lets you change which one's your primary one. It lets you move them around, configure them. It's just a, an easy shortcut rather than going through system preferences. Apparently that's gone in, in Mountain Lion. Yep. Will I miss it? It apparently has gone. I don't know. And it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, it's one of these features, I think, that a small number of people will use it a lot. Yeah. Mm. Whereas, and then the majority of people won't use it much at all, if if at all. So it's kind of hard but, to... But what are they saving by removing it? That's the point. There will be a shortcut, though. There'll be a keyboard shortcut you could use instead. So you just need to learn that. I guess so. According to this thing, it's you have to go into the system preferences to change it. No, there's, 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 there is there's an, an undocumented, undocumented keyboard shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Command F1. <laughs> You just have to read a bit more. <laughs> so, yeah, look, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, that's that's that one. Number four, using a laptop with the lid open, but with only the external display active. You can't do that with Mountain Lion. That seems strange. It does seem strange. It but does can, I, can strange. I ask you guys, when, give me a scenario where you wouldn't want your local screen running as well. Uh, if you're watching a movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's distracting. It's distracting, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, f- fair enough, I'm sold. <laughs> yep. Watching a movie, hooked up to a projector, any of those sorts of situations yeah. where you don't want another gigantic light source. Yep, <laughs> okay, no, fair enough. So, yeah, that's silly. They they should put that back in. Number three, battery time. And here we're talking about the little indicator in the menu bar that shows you how much time, you know, hours and minutes, you have left on your battery at the current rate. That How be accurate really, is it? The thing is, you have to remember it's at the current rate. So obviously if you suddenly yeah. change your, your thing, it's, I mean, it's, it's going to update. My experience mm. is that it's actually very good. It, it really is because I, I had an iBook. It's, it's now died. But when I had it, I used to use that feature a lot. And one example is I'd be watching, say, a DVD and I couldn't be bothered plugging it in. And I quickly check, well, the DVD's got 25 minutes left uh, on it. The battery says it's got you know 28 minutes. And sure enough, by the time I get to the end of the DVD, it says there's three minutes left. So, mm, yeah, that, yeah, that would be really useful in that situation. Yeah, I, I, I think people who who use laptops with Mountain Line are going to miss this. Yeah, being able to just see it, not yeah. having to go out of their way to click on something. Yeah. So, is there a workaround? Or you can click on the battery icon. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So instead of just being able to see it, you now have to. Interact, but you could probably get an app for something for it, though, couldn't you, to display it? Ooh, depends. That's a good question. You might depends how how because that'd have to inter- integrate at the very low level, wouldn't it? Indeed, well, maybe would, an app you buy would from Apple. Apple let you do that. <laughs> they might sell you one though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two on the list: Safari's Activity Viewer. Now, for those of you who don't use Safari, this is available for Windows and Mac, so that both versions of Safari have this or at least did up until the latest version, and that is a menu item that's called Activity. What it does is it shows you everything, every uh, component, if you like, that makes up that page in a list. Now, you can still get to that information through the developer uh, interface in Safari, mm-hmm. but you don't get a nice clean list, It's and it's certainly not as easy. So Activity was really, really good. I'll tell you what it was good for, although I might get in trouble. It was really, really good for downloading YouTube clips. Because what, what you used to, <laughs> yeah. 
what I used to do is you go to YouTube.com or yeah, go to YouTube, watch a video, and well, as it's loading the video, you go to activity, look for either the biggest thing there or you know, in terms of kill, you know uh, data size, yeah. or look for the thing still loading, and it'll be saying like one point one of five point three megs, and then once you've found it, you've got the you know you've got that line item, double click it, and it will download the clip because yeah. that's that component of the web page. The last one, number one, the thing that people will miss the most in Mountain Lion is RSS in Safari and Mail. Yeah, it was just it's, it had a built-in RSS aggregator. Look, I'll come out and say I'm not going to miss it, but I can understand that there'll be people that will. Because what else are you going to use now for RSS feeds on a Mac? I guess it. I guess it depends what you're getting the feed for. Yeah, maybe it's all being subsumed into messages. Well, in the case of podcasts, you know, iTunes, for example. So, like mm. Ben, so you might be right. Maybe it's you know, maybe a generic RSS reader, in, and not just in Safari. I'm talking about in general, you know, in the world. Maybe generic RSS readers just really don't have that much of a use anymore. Maybe it makes more sense to use a targeted reader for what it is. So, if you're listening to podcasts, you get something that does audio well. If you're mm. RSS for for new, like a news ticker, will you get something that perhaps handles that better? Mm. Possibly, I don't know. All right, so that's the, according to Ars Technica, the 10 features removed from Mountain Lions that we will miss the most. And last of all, Brett, your uh, late entry here into the show was a story about how Mountain Lion, according to some tests, may indeed degrade battery life. Which I thought was counterintuitive to the fact that Mountain Lion is slimmed down and done a lot of interface simplification and other sorts of user experience stuff. And yet it's heavier on the, the battery life of the new Macs. And we're not talking old Macs here. This, the, the reports from this particular article are talking about the brand new Retina Display Macs. So can I just get something clarified? Are they talking about the... Uh, life of the battery, like when you need to throw it out and buy a new battery, or are they talking about the amount of runtime you've got run on, on a they're charge? They're talking about runtime on a, on a single charge. Yeah, they're talking about runtime on a single charge. Right. Yeah, because it's supposed to be leaner, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's supposed yeah, to be leaner. But it sounds like, like that's the problem, though. It sounds like because it's idling and then like it's idling at a low level to the fire up to actually do something it probably requires more power to get to the point where it can actually do what it's required to do and then go back into an idle state so it's going to have more like larger spikes instead of sort of sitting at a higher constant rate it kind of makes sense it does but it seems like a silly thing to do. <laughs> it's like somebody thought that that would be a great idea but didn't run it past anybody who did hardware. It's possibly one of those things where someone said, look, we need it to last in standby mode for six hours. And they're like, okay, cool. The only way we can do this is by lowering it down to this point and then not thinking about the consequences of what they would do for actual regular use. Like they're probably, they've done it for one particular situation and that's not a real world situation, probably. Mm. But ramping up, I mean, doesn't 
doesn't cost you any more. I mean, it should it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It, it should just if you're from a lower if you if you have cycled down to a point, like say you were talking about a hard drive, say you have cycled the hard drive down to a point, it's going to take more power to fire it up. Oh, than the a, spinning hard drive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and yep. if it was at a sort of a higher constant sort of rotation, yep. so if it was constantly going through, like go into cooler mode, all oh, we're back into use. Go into cooler mode, all oh, we're back into use. If it's constantly going lower to get back up to a higher point, then you would end up using more power. Yeah. Overall. If you're talking about a mm. physical, physical spinning disc, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that, that could be. Of course, we're all speculating here whether that's the case. but totally. Indeed. Well, according to the Ars article, somebody from Apple Support has said that it was definitely a software issue, nothing wrong with the hardware or the battery, and that apparently at some point there should be a fix coming out from Apple to make it not consume as much battery power. Ah, that'll be nice. So they've acknowledged it. Uh, but it's not official. It's not official. Oh, so that's from there's a, been no official Apple announcement, right? So it's but from an somebody Apple from an Apple support forum, yeah, right. But but it's not an official sanctioned Apple announcement. Announcement, okay, yeah. all right. That'd be a pretty cool virus. We're yeah. going to affect your computer to use more battery life. Oh, it'd be annoying. Yeah, yeah. When you you, you bought this brand new Mac that's supposed to run for eight hours while you're using it and suddenly it, it runs for five and then it runs for three and then it runs for one. <laughs> I always remember on my G4 iBook, it used on a full charge, it ran for three hours and 20 minutes doing, you know, ordinary, like not playing a DVD, but say, you know, just surfing the web and email and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was really, I thought that was really good. But now are they really doing eight hours? Is that kind of standard for laptops these days? Five hours up is standard for laptops these wow. days. For your generic, your, your, you know, run-of-the-mill sort. And back in 2004, when I bought my iBook, I thought that three and a, almost three and a half hours was really good. Yeah, but the point is we've only just sort of doubled the battery. It's been this long. We, we've had battery technology for such a long time. It's and been yet slow. It's only in the last, like, four or so years that we've managed to double our previous best. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, the computing yeah. power has been like drawing a lot more power than it used to as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I totally agree. We should be further along than we are. Well, the thing is, battery technology is holding us up in a, a lot of areas. I mean, look at electric vehicles for a start. Yeah, yeah, very limited to, to because get, of their batteries. Any sort of life out of a um, electric vehicle, you're making that thing weigh a ton. I mean, if you take an objective <laughs> viewpoint of our State our technology status. What's the most backwards thing in technology? It's it's battery technology. Batteries. Yeah, it is battery very technology. backwards. Yeah, very backwards. It is. It's holding up so many things. Oh, totally. We, the military would have powered suits if they didn't have to charge them up <laughs> every thirty minutes or keep them connected to an umbilical. See, if we had so many things, yeah, exactly. If we had electric vehicles, better. Yeah, if we had electric vehicles that you could plug in for say one minute, it gives it a full charge and can do say I don't know five hundred kilometers or something. I mean, I'd I'd be in for one. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't get one for one minute, but you know, something that could quick charge for well, the, half well, an hour the, and last. A day. No, well, no, I'm pushing the envelope. I'm saying one minute, like the amount of time it takes to pump petrol into your car. I'm sure we will get there one day, not anytime soon. Uh, I would, I would much rather 20, have 30, the amount years, of time it takes to charge my phone, and it lasts the whole day. 
I mean, if power was cheap enough, you could charge while you stopped at the lights. Like, you could actually have the power source charge you while you're stationary at the lights. Yeah, people have suggested that, but who's, how are they going to build that? I suppose you're going to have to have chips or IDs. And, well, you've oh, got you sensors the sitting road. on the lights anyway. I mean, the sensors that know if you're parked at the lights, yeah. then they'll trigger the... That, you know, those are induction loops, yep. Yeah, um, and so there are all those, you know, there are those toll bridges which just take a signal from your car as you're going past and charge you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. charge as yes. in, in charge money. Yeah, yeah. not charge as in because they're toll bridges. Charge the battery. But oh. charge the money for <laughs> but, charging the battery. But if you had the same sort of <laughs> the same sort of sensor system to detect when there's a group of people stopped at the lights and so you'd, you'd, you'd have you. to work on your charges for charging. Your charging charges. Okay. All that right, that's enough alliteration. Well. So it, it would be it would be part of a a community, a city, or whatever's road plan. Look, well, you just have a little authentication thing as well. If you yeah, if you're not a member charged. of that, yeah, and different different companies are at different lights, and then you choose to go home a different way depending on whether you need a, oh, a man. city or not. No, look, yeah, I, would no, rather, I, no. I think it would be a community provided <laughs> facility because this isn't petrol that's being provided. No, I would rather call into a station, wait a minute for a quick charge, and it gives me, you know, a good, you know. Six, seven, eight hundred Ks. Just like Give me a five minutes, Ed. That way you could go in, have a conversation, pick up a candy bar, you know, a Whitaker's. Ah, Whitaker's yeah. Peanuts, or a berries. I had the berry slab, berry and biscuit slab from Whitaker's, and God, it was good. Just as a, a completely chocolate aside. Be- berry and biscuit. Yeah, berry and biscuit. See, I'm one, this is a chocolate bar, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's a Whitaker's slab. See, I'm one of so these So it's like people- a peanut slab, but with cherries and biscuits in it. See, I don't understand. I don't understand chocolates that have all this other junk in it. That, that, you know, to me, chocolate is chocolate. It should be even pure. Purist. What's that? You're purist, Ed. Well, perhaps I am. Maybe that's yeah, maybe you're just chocolate. You're a chocolate snob. <laughs> but it's true. I really, to me, chocolate is something you eat. And on its own. what about hokey pokey in it? No, hokey pokey goes with chocolate like honey goes with bread. I don't mind chocolate coated hokey pokey, but I don't like chocolate with hokey pokey pieces in it. Oh. And you don't like nuts and chocolate? No. I like nuts on their own. I like I like cashew nuts. Oh I like peanuts. God. I don't so like them in chocolate. You're, you're dissing so, d- the, one of the premier <laughs> products of, of the Whitaker's company. Yes, I know. They're, they're peanuts. peanuts. Ben, what did you, what did you ask me? Do you like me? scorched almonds? Actually, I don't mind scorched almonds. So that's that, but that, so there that is, is a chocolate with the nuts. chocolate ratio <laughs> has to be close I enough. <laughs> I know. There is yeah. an exception. There has to be a very thin amount of chocolate covering the primary source so that it is the nut with chocolate, not a so chocolate. So no, no more than two to one chocolate to nut ratio. <laughs> that's acceptable. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's my, my limit. <laughs> Imagine if I can see you going through a bag of scorched up. Oh, no, no. This one's 2.5 to one. That's not acceptable. Yeah, that's too much chocolate for the nut. Too much chocolate. <laughs> this, this is now a chocolate with nuts in it, not a nut with chocolate. On it. Unacceptable. Uh, Unacceptable. <laughs> you guys are terrible. I'm going to end the show here. Look, guys, that is episode 180. Ben, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting the show with us. Cheers, dude. Excellent. That that was a good show. Brett, likewise. Cheers. Awesome. All right. That is, uh, as I said, that was episode 180. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. And I'm now going to go off and eat some chocolate. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.
they say that many other Christians use the term Catholic to refer more broadly to the whole Christian church, regardless of demonic... Edwin? <laughs> Not demonic. Really? Oh my God, I thought you were Catholic. No, no. Denominate. Demonification? No, no, no. Demonational? Okay. Your demonational affiliation. So which one do you affiliate with there? No, no, I've got to say this word very carefully. All right, take two, take two. 